Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we're going to take a look at the healing properties of septarian nodule. This is a really cool stone. You may know it by its more modern name, the dragon stone. It's not the same as the green and red dragon stone that comes from Africa. Um, It's that kind of brown and yellow, really cool crystal that uh, is often formed into little egg shapes, carved into egg shapes. So they look like dragon eggs. They're really pretty cool. So we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But before we get started, I wanted to answer one of our listener-based questions. And remember, you can submit a question of your own anytime over at loveandlightschool.com ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from LG, and LG had quite a few questions in this request, Um, but the first question is a pretty short, sweet one, and then I'll answer the one that's a little bit more in-depth. So the first one is a personal question, a behind-the-scenes question. They asked, do you have a college degree? If so, what did you study? Has it helped you in your current business? So I do. My college degree is actually in ornamental horticulture, so the study of plants. I love all things in the natural world. I love plants and nature and animals and crystals, of course. Um, And I would say that it definitely hasn't helped me directly in my business, meaning that it's, it's really not related in any way, but I think that the experience that I got in college taught me how to be a hard worker, taught me how to be motivated and a self-starter. I had some amazing teachers that really inspired me, and I think it was a great um, help and boost to my confidence and making me feel like I really could do anything that I set my mind to. So from that standpoint, I think it was a great life experience, and it's really helped me that way. But I think it also got me started thinking about having my own business. At that time, I thought that I might uh, start or operate my own greenhouse or my own landscape design company. I wasn't exactly sure what form or shape that would take place. And although what I do now is vastly different, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I really love what I do. And I think that all of our life experiences kind of play a role in ultimately where we end up. So great question, LG. Thank you for asking that. And your second question is about crystal singing bowls. So LG says, I bought some crystal singing bowls and they're beautiful, but I'm wondering how to use them specifically with regard to the chakra centers. And can you overstimulate someone's chakras? So this is a great question. So crystal singing bowls are made of reconstituted quartz. They're quartz singing bowls. That's where the crystal part comes from. And they are really beautiful. And they're each toned to a specific note or frequency. And each of the chakra centers corresponds to a note as well. So starting at the root chakra, the base chakra, that chakra resonates with the note C. And then they kind of go up incrementally from there. So if the root is C, the sacral chakra is D, the solar plexus chakra is E, the heart chakra is F, the throat chakra is G, the brow or third eye chakra is A, and then the crown chakra is B. So each of the seven chakras 
corresponds to one of the seven notes. So normally with your crystal singing bowls, they will be um, tuned to a specific note and you can use those to stimulate the energy at a particular chakra. That's why sound healers will often have a full set of seven different bowls. Now the size of the bowl doesn't um, quite matter in terms of the note, but it can affect the octave of each note. So a larger bowl usually has a deeper sound and it would be at a lower octave, but still at the same note. And a smaller bowl would be at a higher octave, again, but still at one particular note. So normally when you're ordering your crystal singing bowls, you can choose the size of the bowl that you would like as well as the note or the chakra that it corresponds to. Now, the second part of that question, can you overstimulate someone's chakras? Um, In general, when you're working with crystals, it really depends on what you mean here by overstimulate. Um, Sometimes you can stimulate an energy center which can trigger or cause a release to take place. This is often a good thing. We usually view this kind of release as a positive thing because your client is working through something, releasing something that no longer serves them. Um, particularly if it's an energy blockage or stored emotional energy, something like that. But in terms of overstimulating, you mean, if you mean more like, you know, can you actually cause damage? Can you add too much energy to an area? Um, I really think that healing is twofold. It's not only about the tools that we're working with, but it's also about our intention. And our intention is one of the things that kind of helps keep that in check. So I think If this were to happen, it would be very, very uncommon and infrequent, and I wouldn't worry about it with the crystal singing bowls too much either. The one concern that I would have is for people who are just really sensitive to energy in general, they might find this a little bit much. Um, Crystal singing bowls are really powerful. They work with these strong sound waves and vibrations that work not only energetically and emotionally, but we can feel those sound waves move through our physical bodies as well. So from that standpoint, I do think that they come through in a way that's a little bit more forceful than something like Reiki or crystal therapy. So I think that it's important to have a conversation with someone else before you start working with the crystal bowls that if any time they start to feel ungrounded or uncomfortable, they do something to ground themselves or they let you know during the session, hey, this is getting a little bit intense. So just keep the lines of communication open. And although I wouldn't say it's necessarily overstimulating someone's chakras in particular, it can be a little bit much energetically. It can feel a little bit overwhelming, particularly to those who are really sensitive to energy. So that's it for today's Ask Me Anything segment. If you have some questions that you'd like me to answer about your crystals, spirituality, or heart-centered business, or anything you're curious about right now, just let me know over at loveandlightschool.com ask. Now it's time for us to go ahead and dive into our main topic for today, the healing properties of septarian nodule. Now this is a crystal that is so earthy and it's really known for its ability to provide calming and tranquility. So as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, I always like to start these healing properties episodes with a little message from the crystal. And here's what came through for septarian nodule. I am grounded, safe, and balanced, and I'm ready to create positive change in my life. 
this affirmation really sums up the energy of septarian nodule stones. These are all about promoting bravery and courage because you feel so supported by the earth. They also help balance and calm really fiery attitudes. So if you struggle with anger or frustration, this can be a good crystal to work with because it helps ground that energy. It also helps connect you with the energies of the fire element and the earth element, so helping you feel more stable and balanced, as well as really motivated and passionate. One thing that's really a little bit more unique about septarian nodules is that they can help you learn the value and importance of self-control. So for those particularly who do struggle with, you know, keeping their anger in check, um, keeping their frustration in check, Septarian nodule just reminds you sometimes that although it's healthy for us to feel those emotions and get in touch with them, work through them, process them, and let them go, there are kind of times and places for anger and frustration. And a lot of times when people are quick to those emotions, it's not always necessarily justified. um, And it's not always necessarily in a way that is healthy. So septarian nodule can help you just shift and move out of patterns that kind of leave you always feeling anger or frustrated, moving you into a place where you're a little bit more at peace, you're a little bit more calm and grounded. One of the reasons that they're able to do this is because they help stabilize your emotional body. I love just holding two pieces of this crystal, one in your right hand and one in your left hand, and letting the energy kind of flow through your physical body. This is something that I think we all need from time to time. It's kind of like pressing a reset button and it just helps get you really centered and focused on that present moment. Now, because of its connection to the fire element, the stone is also strongly related to transformation. So this might be physical transformation in the way that you see yourself. It might be emotional transformation um, in the way that you're feeling about a particular situation or person, or it can mean spiritual transformation and growth as well. Another thing that this crystal can do for you because of its connection to that fire element is really stimulate your inner fire, your passion and motivation. But along similar lines, it helps stimulate that kind of great sun within yourself that resides at the solar plexus and it's a fantastic stone to work with when you really need to boost your self-confidence. It lets you kind of shine through that inner light of yours that makes you really unique, something that you're really skilled or gifted in and helps that be seen and appreciated by others. And one final way that I really like to work with this crystal is to help with problem solving. It helps you, like your multitasking abilities and really encourages you to consider many different options at once so that when you're trying to solve a really complex or difficult problem, you kind of see more of the potential outcomes or scenarios that are available based on different decisions you could make. And it's really great when you combine this with a stone for your intuition to help bring together your logic and your inner guidance to make ultimately the best decision for yourself. So this stone is generally associated with the root chakra and sacral chakra, but you can work with it at the solar plexus or heart as well. It's related to the zodiac signs of Taurus, Leo, Virgo, Capricorn, and Scorpio. Its companion flower is wild ginger, and its companion essential oil is cinnamon. Again, really fiery kind of plant companions here. Its companion stone is golden calcite, particularly those beautiful shimmering golden calcite rhombohedrons, and it's commonly found in Morocco. 
Now this stone does contain some golden or yellow calcite and brown aragonite in and of itself. So both of these crystals work really well when paired with septarian nodule, but the properties of these crystals will kind of also apply because it's made of these things. Now the staff at my new age shop Mimosa had a few extra things to share about this week's stone. Septarian shields, they say, are a formation where brown aragonite has formed into a concretion or nodule. Then it cracked as it dried out over time, and those cracks became filled with a solution of calcium carbonate, better yet known as calcite. So this hardens into the white to yellow calcite. And when these nodules, basically a type of geode, are cracked open, we can see that the two minerals have formed a really fascinating starburst-like pattern, and no two pieces are the same. The name septarian actually comes from the Latin word for the number seven, because seven is a common number of main divisions to find within the geode, and the formation is also called a thunder egg. It's a type of thunder egg. So there is a little bit of lore about septarian nodule that the staff also shared. So septarian shields are great for peaceful contemplation, but they originated from processes that weren't peaceful at all. Way back, going back to the time of the dinosaurs, when water covered a large part of what's now the world that we know, volcanic eruptions killed large numbers of tiny sea animals. And after their shells sank to the bottom of the sea, mud balls formed around them. And later when the seas dried up, these mud balls were left high and dry physically and they started to crack. Now over time, mineral rich water filled in the cracks with chalky material. And these pretty patterns that we see in the geodes that we now call subterranean shields come from the conglomeration of all of these sources. The calcite, that formed in the center, the brown aragonite that was originally from the decaying shells, and the gray limestone from those mud balls. And when you break open these septarian nodules, you really are seeing a piece of the Earth's history. So this is pretty cool, and you can see that they have such a deeply rooted connection with the formation of our planet that they can be really powerful for connecting with Earth energy. Now, before I let you guys go for the day, I want to introduce a new segment called Trending This Week. So in this segment, I'll bring you a quick discussion on something that's kind of happening in the world of crystal healing or spirituality right now, or something that I'm just really loving that I want to share with everybody. So this week, for our very first Trending This Week segment, I wanted to share a book that I am absolutely in love with. It's called Recipes for Self-Love. How to Feel Good in a Patriarchal World, and it's by Allison Rachel. This is an amazing, amazing book. I've been following Allison on Instagram for quite some time and have always really admired the posts there because they have this amazing diversity of people in the illustrations that Allison shares, but also because the messages are so positive and so powerful. And I love this book, Recipes for Self-Love. I was really originally drawn to it, um, not really knowing what exactly to expect. I was just connected with Allison's work and really excited about the artwork that was displaying, you know, such amazing diversity and was so inspirational. But to actually get this book in my hands and read through it, which I did when I was having a really bad day, um, and I read through the whole book in maybe maybe 20 or 30 minutes. It's a really short read. 
but it's so powerful because there is so much in there that you either consciously or subconsciously know, but it never hurts to hear as a reminder. And it was just so empowering and I felt so inspired and um, confident and beautiful and amazing after reading this book that it totally shifted my mood. And in a recent uh, Q&A night that I had with my crystal healing students, I shared a little bit about this book and even explained how they could use it for bibliomancy, use it almost like a little oracle. If you're really in need of some guidance or a strong message, you can pretty much thumb through this book and stop anywhere that feels right. Read the message that's there and it's going to be pretty pertinent for what's going on. And I just found this to be such a powerful and empowering resource that I bought a copy for everybody on the Love and Light team. Um, We're getting together for our team retreat in June. And so I have a copy for everybody on my team. I bought a copy for everyone on my team at Mimosa. It was just something I was so, so touched by. And I wanted to share it all with you. That's recipes for self-love, how to feel good in a patriarchal world. You want to check it out because it is phenomenal. So definitely give that a look. It's by Allison Rachel. So that is it for our very first trending this week segment. And I hope you found a lot of value in today's show. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave me a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com slash listen. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe through that link as well so you never miss a future episode of the podcast. And if you do decide to take just a minute to leave me a review, I will be super, super grateful and I'll give you my crystal chakra healing step-by-step class as a free gift. Once you've posted your review, just take a quick screenshot of it and send it to me at support at loveandlighthealingschool.com. We'll get your class all set up for you and reply back with details on how you can get started. So I wanted to give a big shout out today for an amazing review left by Courtney KP. So Courtney, thank you so much for your review. Courtney says, this podcast brings me to my happy place. I'm so grateful for the Love and Light Live podcast. I love to listen to Ashley while I'm at work. I just pop in my headphones and I'm sent to my happy place. I work in a negative workplace, so listening to this podcast is very relaxing and soothing for me, even though I might not physically have my crystals with me. I feel like I get to connect with them emotionally. Thank you for creating such a wonderful podcast. Courtney, oh my goodness, thank you so much for your review and thank you for sharing your story with us and just, you know, talking about how this kind of brightens your day. It's a little bit of a mini escape from an otherwise negative environment. So thank you so much for taking the time to share that, to rate the podcast and to leave that review. It really means a lot. And that brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings.